0: 54321. Hello children, welcome to season 2 episode 10 of the On My Dime On Your Time podcast. This episode is featuring my boy XR. I met him over Instagram and he's one of those guys who's actually like he's putting out quality content for lack of better words. Um make sure to follow him on Instagram. His Instagram's in the description of the podcast and as is his blog. Make sure to follow the podcast at On My Dime On Your Time podcast on Instagram. Download the episodes, share the episodes um review the episodes all that fun stuff make sure the podcast grows because i don't know the growth has been pretty great so far and you guys are the reason that it's growing so thank you and enjoy the episode all right Xars, so how about you tell the people how you got interested in fashion
1: yeah man the story of uh the, the story of fashion for me goes back a long time i think like a lot of people um it goes back to really middle school high school um growing up in Texas, uh, you know, at least where I was at, there wasn't a really big, huge fashion community. And, um, you know, I was into, excuse me, just kind of what was popular at the time, sneakers, skinny jeans, snapbacks, you know, you know, the spiel, everybody was into that, you know, um, I, I grew up kind of like in that era. That's when I was like, uh, you know, I was like a middle school, high school. So my exposure to fashion was strictly through pop culture uh, because I didn't have a lot of guidance from around me. You know, my parents are, are very much uh, stylish. um, And I've seen, you know, their personal styles evolve. You know, fashion has been a big part of my family. It's been a big part of, um, you know, my parents, uh, their life, and also my siblings as well. So it's always just kind of been like around us and it's how we've, we've grown over time to kind of adapt our styles. So But yeah, in short, I mean, like a lot of other people, it started in middle school, high school. um, Based off what we saw on social media, you know, Instagram was obviously in its infancy. It it wasn't what it was today or yeah, definitely wasn't what it was today or is today, excuse me. But, you know, also friends as well, but really pop culture, you know, what I saw on the internet, what I saw on TV. Um, Looking back, I think everybody cringes a little bit (laughs) at how they used to dress and that's okay. I think it's all part of the journey. So um, you know, obviously I wouldn't I wouldn't wear what I wore, you know, 10 years ago today, but that's okay. It was part of the the evolution, if you will. So um that's kind of where it started for me. I've always been interested in in clothes. Um, but it didn't really explode into a full grown hobby slash passion until I got into college. When I was in college, I really couldn't afford anything. So uh, after college when, uh, when I was able to, you know, when I got a job and I was able to kind of provide for myself, that's when it kind of picked up for me. And, um, that's when I really got in my comfort zone and stopped trying to look like, you know, the biggest rapper of the day and really trying to, to, to be myself. And, and that's kind of where the journey has gone since then. Yeah.
0: Amazing. So like, I'm sure like you didn't really jump straight into like from like wearing sneakers and skinny jeans into like your current aesthetic of like yeah how do i describe it like western kind of like workwear yeah. mm-hmm. avant-garde flair here and there yeah, yeah. a bit of spice so yeah. how has your aesthetic sort of changed over time and quite honestly how would you describe your current stock because i don't think i did it justice when i just described it
1: um well over time it, it's it's been an evolution past the sneaker so you know my whole life it's been sneakers and i wasn't necessarily the guy who like was on stock x and like buying every week no that wasn't me but I definitely was like purchasing sneakers. Um, I definitely was building my outfit around the sneaker. Uh, when I got to college, it, it kind of turned into uh, trying to pay attention to the rest of the fit. It was still very much street, though. Like my style was still very much street inspired. It really wasn't until after college when I started looking at vintage, and um, and you know, for me, and we can get into this into this later. But for me, vintage is is as much as about, about the look, uh, as also about the environmental reasons for myself, um, which plays a huge part into why I dress the way I dress now and why I, you know, I have a role in my closet, you know, 80% vintage, 20%, um, uh, you know, clothes that I buy new and we can get it, we can get at we can get to that in a bit, but, um, you know, that that's kind of like where it started to where it's gone now. Um, in terms of how I would describe my style, yeah, it's really like western, uh western vintage for sure. I those are like the first two things that pop into my head. Um western and vintage. But I, I also just really like um just trying new things. I uh, really try like like trying new things. Um the workwear stuff is cool. The vintage workwear stuff is cool. Uh some of the designer stuff is cool. Um so, you know, if any if this past year or two has ta- has taught me anything, it's, you know, to just go for it and and try to just try out different things um but i like muted muted colorways i like blacks i like grays um you know i like blue jeans um i like japanese americana so you know not not i'm not you know super eccentric on the colors but i like to add you know pops of color here and there um, but i've built my wardrobe around black basically yeah. and just kind of like added staple pieces in you know you know between between those articles of clothing so No, I I think you did do it justice. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Western and vintage is, 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 you know, how I would best describe my style.
0: Mm -hmm. The reason it's difficult for me to like, put you into like a category is because for lack of better terms, there's a certain like swagger to the way that you put a fit together. Like you're not like, okay, cool. Carhartt, double knee air force one or boots. And then like, vintage hoodie where it's like squared off here and then yeah yeah. (laughs) it's not that type of vintage and that's kind of the vintage that i see on instagram and you're not like purely purely western like with like exaggerated flare pants like cowboy boots and like a white t-shirt with like the sleeves rolled up kind of thing so like it's you're very like you do it you do it well for lack of better words
1: yeah, it, it, it's more of an identity crisis, I would say, because I go on Instagram and and I follow a lot of I follow a lot of people from all walks of life who like a lot of different things. And, you know, it it truly is an identity crisis. Like, I, I would hate to just say I'm one particular thing. You know, some I have, you know, a few pairs of double knee carpenters and sometimes I want to wear them with a pair of Air Force Ones or Jordans. Yeah. Um, but most days I don't. But for those days that I do, it's there. You know what I mean? It's it's 100%. weird because I, I don't want to like close myself off to one particular style or group. But at the same time, like obviously there's some boundaries to that, right? Like you just, I can't, I can't just be buying everything I like, obviously. So there are some limitations, but yeah, overall, um, I would much rather it be that I can, I can try to dabble in different things and blend different things rather than just stay to one particular style.
0: 100%, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like the journey that I'm on as well. Like, I, I love pretty much all aspects of fashion. Like, I don't know, like, I lo- I, I still love skinny jeans. You know, I'll, I'm not going to say it. I yeah. love skinny jeans still.
1: Yeah, but I do they, too. Like, they
0: look reasonable on me, so I'm going to wear them here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, I love that. I love, like, giant, I love, like, wide pants as well. Like, your needles, engineered garments type. Right. As well. And I love, like, fits like yours as well, where it's, like, slim straight, but it has, like, a bit of, like, again, a bit of spice to it, you know?
1: Yeah, and and it's funny you mentioned the skinny jeans stuff, right? Like there was a, a point where like it was it was skinny jeans and nothing yeah. else, right? I remember before that uh because I I grew up listening to like alt rock and metal and stuff, and I I was trying to buy skinny jeans before they were like big and I couldn't, and there was a point in high school where and even after high school where you couldn't find anything but skinny jeans for guys. It was weird, and then now we're at a place where you know there's all kinds of different cuts. Um, all kinds of different garments you can get into for bottoms. Um, but yes, I, I agree. I think skinny jeans are great. I think they fit in a very like avant-garde kind of muted looks. I think they look beautiful in those kind of looks. So I'm at the point where like, you know, there was a, there was a point in my life where I had nothing but skinny jeans and looking back on that now, you know, that seems dumb because, um, it's not very diverse. And, you know, uh, for me, uh, at least whether it's boot cut, slim, straight, baggy, or skinny. I want to make sure I have, I want to make sure I hit some of the marks in my closet with, with, with different silhouettes. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah. I think, I, I think, I think it's so important, right? Like that time where we were like skinny jeans and that's it. That's so dumb. And even today, you know, people might say, why would you wear skinny jeans today? It's like, just wear would you like, you know?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How do you approach like proportions and like silhouette for lack of better terms when it comes to styling an outfit? Because I said, I think that's one of the things that does set you apart from the masses who are doing it on Instagram.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, it depends on how you dress. So I dress, I dress from the bottom down. So like, I don't, I don't, I don't dress from like the top up. I don't choose my shirt first or my outerwear first. I always choose my pants first. So whenever I go into my closet, I always look at the trousers first. And I think that works for me because I'm very tall and have a slim build. So because of that, um, things like slim, straight, uh, silhouettes, like boot cut work well for my body because my legs are really long. So it, they just kind of like accentuate like my legs. And when you look at my fit pics on Instagram, my legs always look really big. They look really long because I had, I'm just really tall. Mm. So it, it just, it just helps me in that way. For other people, that that might not necessarily be the case, right? If you're shorter, maybe have a wider build, you might want to dress from the top down, uh, depending on on what feels right for your body. So um, for me in an outfit, I always choose my pants first because I feel like that's the best way to uh, kind of, that's that's what's best flattering on my body. And then I try to build around that Um, because my torso is a little smaller compared to my legs and because I am a little bit of a slimmer build you know, I also like to wear cropped, um, outerwear for, for my tops. Um, and that way you see more of my legs and it just kind of accentuates the look. So, you know, really it it just depends on the person. Um, I don't want to like give blanket advice to to people listening. Um, but, but like understand what your proportions are. Everybody's different and that's 100% perfectly. Okay. Um, you know, we're all built different for a reason. And that's okay. You know, whatever, whatever build you are, embrace that. Uh, but just try to build around that. Um, and uh, you know, for me, because I'm so tall, I just happen to build from the, from from the bottom up. And that also goes to footwear. I think because I'm really tall, boots look really, really, really good. And because I'm slimmer, like slimmer boots look really well too. And it just kind of like it just kind of follows that pattern. So definitely go from like my trousers, whatever footwear I want, and then go up from there.
0: Awesome. I can't remember where I saw this, but you're about like six foot four, I believe. I don't yeah. remember. It was, on yeah, really, it was on an Instagram post. I don't remember. Yeah,
1: I'm really tall. I think, yeah, people have asked me before on Instagram. They've asked me like how tall I am. Because you can never tell, right? Like you, I mean you I don't know, it's a fit pick, so you can't really tell until you ask somebody.
0: Exactly. But yeah,
1: I'm six foot four. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty tall. Um, I think I mean obviously to most people, I'm like really tall. So um, but if you I would say if you're like if you're like average height or over six feet, you know how I personally dress could translate well to you. Um, because you know, when you have like a, like a slimmer build and a taller build, um, I just think that that's what works best.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Um, kind of a basic question here, but like what are some of your favorite brands currently?
1: Yeah. You know, that always changes it, it ebbs and flows with, um, with, with, with how I'm feeling, but, um, and I was mentioning to you earlier, my 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 role with my closet, I try to have a, a majority of it secondhand. And a lot of that is for environmental reasons. Uh, I'm trying to do my part. Um, obviously, the fashion industry has, is very wasteful. Um, there's a lot of resources that goes into making a pair of jeans and, um, you know, a lot of water that goes into making our clothes. And we don't think about that, right? Um, that's harmful to our planet. So, I'll you know if, at least for for vintage when I shop I don't have a preference um, with branding it just depends on like the garment itself um, made in USA for vintage is always a plus just because you know the quality is going to be better and um, you know at least when I when I shop vintage I don't like to look at brands because I don't care um, what matters to me is the silhouette um, you know for for bottoms obviously vintage Levi's five hundred ones my favorite cut of vintage Levi's are five seventeen. those are the boot cut pair. Um, I love 517s. But other than that, like outerwear t-shirts, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I like faded t-shirts. I like grayed out t-shirts that are really old and raggedy. I don't mind t-shirts with holes on them. I don't mind t-shirts that are beat up. Uh, So the branding, you know, really doesn't matter then. But in terms of brands, like I'm really, I'm really vibing with right now. Uh, Bare Knuckles, uh, collection six was very very western and i mentioned that in in my blog and that's something that i, I really like the direction obviously I, I love all of their previous collections they were very grungy uh very more you know grunge punk inspired but the western's cool and i think that's i think western has picked up a lot in the past year um, on instagram i think it's going to continue to grow and uh you know, knuckles collection six for me was a big highlight of the year also a uh, shout out to sanjeev he just uh, dropped his second collection, and I was able to 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 get a few pairs today, uh, a, f- a few garments today. So I'm happy about that. Um, I really like what he's been doing; really like it a lot. Um, other brands that I that I'm really that I'm really vibing with, really it, it, it's just been this year has just been a lot of bare knuckles. Um, Oray New York, Ray's doing a great job over there. I have I have his sneakers that he released. I have his tote bag too. That's a tote bag I wear every single day. Um, but yeah. My goal is just to try to support like smaller brands and smaller creatives rather than, you know, go for the bigger stuff. You know, obviously your Gucci's, your Louis's, they'll always have a place in fashion. Um, and sure. I admire a lot of the work that goes on at the luxury side. I'm a, I love archive. I think there are some beautiful archive pieces out there, but from what I'm personally buying, yeah, I'm just trying to support the homies, you know, try to buy smaller brands and then also vintage as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um. I'm sure like a lot of like the individuals who are going to be watching this episode come from like either from, from your Instagram, most likely. Yeah. But you, you're not only like the guy on Instagram, you have a blog as well. So how about you give the audience an, like an elevator pitch for lack of better words about your blog between the scenes.
1: Between the scenes is a blog. I, I just got in the elevator and you and I are having small talk, right? I guess we're going to like the 60th floor or whatever. Yes. Um, between the scenes is a fashion blog tailored around topics focused on sustainability um also providing product reviews and just insight in the fashion landscape so it's a blog format and there's no video it's written it comes out once a week and i also do vintage outfits of the week once a week so really writing two things a week and it's just a different way for you to get information about fashion that isn't from youtube um i think youtube is is a great space and there's a lot of great creators but it, but, you know, I'm a writer. That's what I went to school for. And I like writing. So I wanted to do something different. Um, I, I, you know, I want, when I drop a blog, I want people to wake up and see that there's a new blog out and they can, you know, read it when they have their cup of coffee. Um, you know, that's my goal. And also to give you insight on new technologies, uh, in fashion, new textiles technologies. I've covered mushroom leather. I've covered cactus leather. I've covered you know, all types of different innovations that are going on within the textile industry that I think are very important uh, for, you know, not only the industry going forward, but for our planet and for a lot of the environmental things that I'm, I'm personally concerned about. So really, it's just trying to blend like product reviews and um, sustainability. Obviously, not everyone's going to want to read the sustainability stuff. I understand that that's not everybody's cup of tea. So, you know, I want to hit you with some reviews about new products I'm getting as well. So I'm trying to hit all my marks, but yeah, I want it to be a, a community space and inclusive space for people to come and read about fashion. And if anyone's ever wants to write for between the seams, the door is open. Um, that's the goal. You know, I want people to be able to express themselves with clothes and if you have something to say, let me know, you know, we can, I, I can work with you. We can work together so you can get your words, uh, your words heard. And I think that's a, that's a really great thing. So yeah, I guess that's my a hundred floor elevator pitch Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> for, for between the seams.
0: Really? That was, that was, that was good, man. That was, that was really good. Yeah. I appreciate um, that. And I just lost my train of thought. No, you um, What made you decide to write? Like, I know you're like, you're, you're a writer, but was there ever like, would you start again? Okay. I'm just gonna say, would you ever start a YouTube channel? Like to like do like more of like the product, like stuff?
1: I don't, I don't know, dude. Like if I did, it wouldn't be under my name XR. I think it would be under between the seams. The, look, the, the thing is that I didn't start a YouTube channel because, one, I think YouTube is pretty oversaturated. Like, you know, there's a lot of creators trying to make it on YouTube. A lot of great creators at that, and um, there's there's even a lot of creators I think need more attention because they're doing such good work. But for me, I don't. I I never really wanted between the seams to be me. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to I want you to open up a story and just read it, and not and not obviously you know there's that might be, that might be pretentious in some ways because I am the writer and you're obviously going to, you're, you know, my writing is a reflection of my thoughts and my opinions and myself, but you're not looking at me. You're not, I'm not, I'm not like feeding you information personally. I just want the words to speak for themselves. And not only that, you know, when I started the blog, one of like the core elements of the blog was I want people to write for Between the Seams. I need to work on that more. I need to um, to reach out to people who, who want to write. Um, you know, I have, my blog this week is not written by me, it's written by somebody else, which is really exciting. But um, I can't really do that with YouTube. I wanted it to be like, an, like a community space and an inclusive space for people to talk about clothes um, and not necessarily be about me. However, um, I do think that there is potential to start a YouTube channel for Between the Scenes uh, where I turn my weekly blogs into videos, and they kind of complement each other. Um, that's still an idea that's like in its infancy. I don't know if that'll ever happen, but it's definitely an idea. Um, but that's kind of why I didn't want to do YouTube because, um, you know, I, I just like writing. I, I like I like when when people uh, when I see people reading articles and stories, it makes me happy. You know, it's what I went to school for, so it's where my passions at. But, you know, maybe maybe there's potential for it to be a YouTube channel. Not right now. I'm um, certainly not right now, um, but maybe in the future. Yeah. Um, but really, that's why I wanted it to be a blog was just because I enjoy writing. And a lot of people say blogging dead and, you know, blogs can't can't get that big. And you know, that's fine. That's fine. That's not my goal. My goal is to just have fun and write about clothes and and try to give people like in-depth information about um, about about the industry. So, you know, my long term goal isn't necessarily growth. It's just to have fun.
0: Definitely, not. yeah, yeah, that, that kind of mirrors like the goal of this podcast as well. Like, I'm not trying to become the next Joe Rogan or whatever the hell, I'm right? To right, talk to cool people about cool topics and steal a bit of people's personalities and become a better person as a result. So,
1: oh, exactly. And it's, it's just so fun to like to meet people. Um, I think Instagram, I mean, I met you through Instagram, I met a lot of people, great people through Instagram. It's just been like nothing but joy to be able to communicate with like minded individuals and, and have a conversation about things that we're passionate about. So, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, if it when, when and if the growth happens it happens you know i have a small but mighty following uh, of readers every week and i appreciate every single one of them for reading for reading my blog and every week i get a few more and it's great um but yeah like you said that isn't the goal it's just to to talk with like-minded individuals and, and have fun mm-hmm.
0: i think instagram uh, i think probably yeah, i think i think instagram i think is what maybe one of them but i think social media is becoming yeah. finally more social than it is becoming media and that that's a good that's happening currently i don't know if it's just me who's experiencing that but i think that's it's a good change that's happening
1: yeah i would agree uh of of all the of all the like platforms the social media platforms i think instagram is the best at that uh because it is like visually it is visual first um you know twitter is just like insane like twitter is just like insane like you never know what you're getting when you open twitter you know Uh, But with, but with Instagram, you can kind of like lock yourself into echo chambers of like what you like. And that could be a bad thing with like politics and stuff. Sure. But with clothes, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like with something as simple as like the arts or things that you really like, I I don't think it's such a bad thing to have like an echo chamber of things that you like. And, um, you know, I think Instagram does a decent job at also giving you things that, that they think you would like, um, other fashion stuff. You know, I wouldn't know anything about archive if it wasn't for Instagram and I don't even have archive pieces. you know so it's just it's just kind of in that ecosystem um if you will but yeah i think instagram has especially instagram has been huge for this community for the fashion community in general
0: definitely 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 uh kind of a basic question here but like what 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 inspires you to write articles is it sort of like you see something on instagram you're like all right that's cool that you see it sort of slowly becoming a trend and then you start writing about it or like what's that sort of process like
1: um, it, it, it depends. Um, a lot of the times uh, I, you know, I follow other like fashion journalists and stuff, particularly on Twitter, not on Instagram. I'm going to keep up with what, what they're writing and what they're doing. Um, also, what's going on in the industry. It depends. There's a lot of research that goes into some of the blogs, especially the blogs, um, where I'm trying to inform you more about information you know, particularly the ones where I've like that alternative leathers, for example, just, just out of the top of my head, like that still takes a lot of research and a lot of time. Typically what happens is that I publish my blog during the week and on the weekends is where I start thinking about what I'm going to write for the next week. Sometimes I'll have a catalog of a few, uh, kind of, uh, on the shelf for when I need them for when I'm busy, but you know, that could just depend if I'm reviewing a shoe or a boot or a piece of clothing I have, It's not as difficult because i wore that piece for a long time you know i talk about what i like and maybe what i don't like about it Uh, when i'm like learning about textiles when i'm researching the manufacturing process when i'm learning about individual companies who are trying to make a difference with the environment i mean it's it's a lot of work it's a lot of reading it's a lot of uh you know even reading peer-reviewed articles to try to get more insight on on these kinds of technologies so if I know that I'm writing something that's going to take a lot of my time ahead of time, you know, I'll make sure that I, um, I, I spend at least a couple of days doing adequate research before I even start writing. I always like to know, you know, a little bit, I, I always like to know what, what I'm writing about before I even, before I even type the first letter, I want to make sure that I have a good understanding of, of the topics. So that can depend week from week, you know, some weeks it's easy. If I'm reviewing like I said, a shoe or if I'm talking about uh, jewelry, like I did this past week, it's easy. But, you know, with some weeks where they're a little more in-depth, a little more time-consuming, you know, there's a little more, more reading that goes into it beforehand, a little bit more research. Uh, a lot of times, too, like my girlfriend helps me out. Shout out to Liberty. And my family helps me out, too. They pitch topics to me. You know, they see things. Sometimes I have a little bit of a block, like I don't know what to write um, about for the next coming weeks, and they'll pitch ideas to me, which is really nice. Um, I'm trying to get... Uh, more involved, like the women's wear side of things. Um, You know, I can't just like talk about being inclusive and and obviously not write about like women's stuff. So, you know, my sister's helping me out with that. She's writing stuff for me as well. So, um, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot for a blog, but um, I'm not going to like not, I'm not going to like not do research before I write something. I'm going to at least, you know, make sure I put in the time, um, um, you know, to draft the story. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I did a story on the history of the bomber jacket, and that was by request. Somebody DM'd me and said, "Hey, could you write about this?" It ended up being like a two-part blog. I wrote like I wrote like a four-page essay on it, you know. And I sent it to my girlfriend. She's like, "Dude, this is way too long." Like, I get it. Like, I get that you want to write four pages, but this is long. And I didn't. I didn't want to like compromise on that, right? Cause I like what I wrote. So I ended up splitting it into two different parts. One was like the history of the bomber jacket looking at like the military side of it, its first utilizations in the military back to like post-World War II era. And then I went into like the cultural impacts today, right? Kanye West, the riot bomber, Ref Simmons, uh, alpha industries, you know, like things that we associate with the bomber jacket. So I know that was a long answer, but it really just depends, you know, week by week. Um, it really just depends week by week yeah sometimes uh sometimes i feel like i write too much but um you know that's okay that's what i want to do so
0: yeah 100% man i think you're doing all the right things to be quite honest
1: i appreciate that yeah. it's a lot of work but i appreciate
0: that definitely um not to get too deep here but like how has the pandemic like affected you like in terms of like maybe just in terms of content creation and like how did you sort of overcome like the negative aspects of it maybe like in like in terms of jo- your job as well if you're comfortable sharing that
1: yeah. So I've been working from home for almost a year now. It'll be a year in like two or three weeks. I haven't seen my coworkers in almost a year. Uh, it's been interesting. You know, I stare at my wall all day. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I still have a job and millions of people in my country. I know you're in Canada, millions of, and I'm sure the situation's the same in Canada. Millions of people in the U.S. have lost their jobs. Uh, I'm sure your government has done a better job at responding to some things than mine. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know uh, um it's 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 I'm like very very fortunate because I'm still employed and the pandemic is also the reason why I pulled the trigger on doing this blog. I was at home more. I was going crazy in my own head, you know, when you're home all day. Um and I always wanted to do something like between the seams. I was just always too scared. And that's when like like I mentioned my girlfriend and my family came in. And they, they were like, you should just do it. Like if you have something to say and you, and you, you want to, you want to do this, you should just do it. And for years, I've always been scared of putting myself out there like that because I don't know how the reception is going to be. I don't know if people are going to like the content I produce. And even today it's still scary. Right. when I, I have a whole catalog of, I have a website with just a bunch of the crap that I wrote and you know, some people might dig it. Some people might not. It's scary. Like I'm not going to lie to you. It's scary. But, um, I, I am privileged to be in, in the position I am where or, or I, I, I have the luxury to to start endeavors like this. Um and you know, for that I'm um eternally thankful. Um in terms of like what the pandemic has done for me mentally, I think it's been tough. Um I think for a lot of people it's been very, very tough. I think my trust in in you know public institutions is shattered. Um and from, from what I, from what I'm reading, you know, this isn't even, this couldn't have even been the worst thing that could have happened. I mean, you know, the quote unquote, the pandemic is still out there. Um, pandemics are are scary. They've, they've been part of human existence for, for thousands of years and they're going to continue to be in the future. And if, you know, if our response to this is any indication of what something worse could possibly be, then it's terrifying. You know, I don't, uh, I've been, you know, my, yeah, my trust in institution and in our public institutions has been, has been shattered a lot. Um, the fact that we have this many people dying, the fact that this many people are without jobs and the help for, for for you know, the help for these people, for a situation that is completely out of their control, you know, to me is heartbreaking um, and, and it's really sad. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely like shifted my worldview A lot. And I think that'll continue for the rest of my life because of this year. Like this past year was insane. And we're still, like, it's not over, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, it's been, yeah, it's, there's kind of like two sides of the coin. There's like the really bad side. But at the same time, like, I haven't lost my job. You know, I've been able to work from home. I'm still, I'm still working. So like, um, it could have been a lot worse. And, you know, even if it was worse, you know, I have family that I could fall back on. There are people who don't have that, who, you know, who who may have lost their jobs and they don't have a support system to help them if something were to happen. And uh, you know, it's just heartbreaking. So um, you know, I'm I'm grateful that the pandemic allowed me to take chances for myself, like with my blog and and writing and and also taking FitPix. I wasn't taking FitPix before this past year. It started because I was at home and I was bored. You know, that's really how I I was I started building my Instagram was because of the pandemic. I was just home and I was bored and I wanted to take FitPix. And it just kind of grew from there. So, you know, it, in in a weird way, there's like things that I'm grateful for that happened this year, but it does not at all overshadow, you know, the absolute tragedy of the situation. I mean, the fact that it's been a year is, you know, insane to me. Um, not to go like super far in the weeds, but I remember like last, last February, January-ish, even December, like December 2019, like reading about, you know, this virus they found in, in Wuhan, and I was like terrified, you know, and this is before like anything, and I was like really scared, and um, you know, I had coworkers and even people in my family. They're like, oh, you're overreacting, and for sure, like I definitely was overreacting. Nobody could have guessed this, you know, but looking back on that now, like it is insane that this is where we're at. Like this is the the position that we are at, you know, that everyone's been home. Um, at least, you know, I'm in New York right now, like everything's been locked down for like pretty much a year, you know, things are still locked down. Like I still can't do things that, that I used to enjoy. Um, so it's insane. It's absolutely insane, but yeah, um, I guess the pandemic has been different for everybody, but you know, for me, that's kind of how it's affected my, my, uh, my mental health, I guess, or like how I, I view the world. And then, you know, also my personal endeavors, like between the scenes, which I'm, which I'm very thankful for.
0: Definitely you mentioned that you were kind of like scared to initially start like with the article with like the blog. And yeah, I'm sure there was a bit of fear in like posting like fit FitPix as well. So like, do you have any advice or like, or like maybe three pieces of value for any other individuals who are, who, who are like, for lack of a better, we're just feeling stuck in the current situation with the current circumstances that we're all in.
1: Yeah. I would say if you want to take fit pics, buy a, buy a $10 tripod on Amazon. Hmm. That's what I do. I have a, I have a tripod that that sits by my front door and, um, you know, that's what I do to those, to those who are scared of taking FitPix in public. Like, I'm, um, I hate taking FitPix. I hate taking FitPix, dude. Like I always call my little tripod and I always go out in the afternoon or like super early in the morning when like there's not people around on the weekends too. Cause like no one's out on the weekends, everyone's at home. So, um, you know, if you're embarrassed about taking FitPix, I am 100% with you. I am too. To this day, I hate it. I hate taking FitPix. Uh because I have to set up a little tripod and then have to go pose and then go back and check the pictures. Like even talking about it, like, it's so embarrassing. Um, but if that's what you want to do, like, like do it. Taking fit pics is, is, it sucks when you do it, but like when you post it and people are like responding to your outfits, it's so much fun. So if you have somebody with you who can take fit pics, even better, um, you know, when I'm with my family and my girlfriend, they, they, they take my pics, which is also a little embarrassing, but they do it too. Um, but if you're alone, buy a tripod, yeah. buy a five ten dollar tripod. You know, reach out to me on Instagram, and I'll, I'll send you the link to the tripod I got on Amazon. It has like a little, has like a little cheap Bluetooth like clicker, and like yeah, I just like hold it in my hand or my pocket and like click it whenever I want to take a picture. It's so cheesy, but um, you know, I would say like if if you want to grow your Instagram, that's what you're passionate about. If you want to like document your outfits, you know, do it um make sure your, your fit pics are good uh, make sure you do it in good lighting um, you don't want a lot of shadows you want to be able to you know to see your outfit I like really bland backdrops so like concrete walls are great brick walls are great anything where there's not too much going around it's just something where, where obviously the focal point is the picture mm-hmm. in terms of like like other things like if you want to start a youtube channel or a blog or if you want to you know, start your own clothing line, or you want to start a vintage selling account, whatever. I mean, just be passionate about what you're doing. Like, if, if the heart's not there, it's not going to turn out the way you want it to be. Uh, You know, don't do it because you want to necessarily make money, or you want to, you know, quote, unquote, be somebody like, just do it because you enjoy it. And, you know, trust me, I'm, I could sit here and say, like, you know, get over your fears and do it but I understand those fears. I still go through those today. Like, it's not easy to, it's not easy to create content. It's not easy to, to post fit pics all the time because I, because I am worried, like, what, like, what if it just doesn't bang the way I think it does, you know, or what if people just don't connect with it the way I think it does. It's okay to admit that, right. It's okay to admit that, that you're, that you're scared. But, you know, I think if, if you're passionate about something as, as cliche as it is, you should just go for it. And, um, you know, let the work speak for themselves, for itself. If you have good work, people will notice the good work. You know, if you're producing uh, mediocre work for the sake of wanting to, you know, for whatever, whatever it could be, um, you could potentially run into uh, some issues, not only within yourself, but like within, within what you're producing. So um, listen, if you want to write for a blog and you're like scared and you want to test the waters, like reach out to me and, and I, you know, we can write something for Between the Seams um but if you want to take fit pics, if you want to create instagram if you want to be part of this community like don't be scared i think by and large everybody has been really nice there's not a lot of gatekeepers that i see i think by and large like people have been really supportive people respond well to your outfits and uh you know just get inspiration by the things that you like and the things that you're passionate about and let the rest speak for itself um but yeah if you know if if you want to create content and you're kind of like scared about doing it yourself and you kind of want me to help you, like, let me know. And, and I'll be more than happy
0: to do that. Beautiful. Perfect, man. Um, Last question here. Do you have any book recommendations for me? I know we both read Amateur. I'm like halfway through that, but do you have any? Oh, do, you, do you like it? It's pretty good. Like, it's like some of the chapters were kind of like, I don't see how this is kind of relevant. Right? Mm. Like, I, yeah. I don't, yeah. Which chapter was it? Like the one about van clothing made sense. The one about jeans made sense. Yeah. The one about like the one about like cream, like the like the store cream soda that didn't really make sense. I'm like, I don't really see mm-hmm. how this fits into the bigger picture. But okay, what are your thoughts?
1: I like amateur a lot. Yeah. Uh, that's a book I just finished. Um, I finished it a couple months ago. Um, great book. If you're into, yeah, I mean, you're reading. If you're into fashion, if you're into like the streetwear stuff, if you're into like the vintage stuff, the Japanese Americana stuff. I mean, they even go into like Bape. They go into Nigo. In amateur they even talk about capital visvum. like if you are into fashion, if you are if you like like workwear, Western Americana, if you're intrigued by like, history and culture, 100 read amateur, especially the history part of it. I was pleasantly surprised that they got into like the American occupation after World War II and how that like really influenced Japan um, to this day and you know I think we see Japan as like the savior in a lot of ways of fashion. And uh, we put Japan on a pedestal, but th- but there's a reason for that. Like there's a reason why they do Americana better than we do here in the-, in the States. That is like decades and decades of a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I think the book does a-, a very good job at documenting how World War II, you know, how the domino started with World War II and ended to modern day where we have like our capitals, our visvums, you know, our babes, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, Amateur is a good one. I'm also reading a book right now called... I thought it's in my, it's in my living room. It's called, um. it's called Victorian Holocaust making of the third world. I believe that's what it's called um, by, by Davis. Uh, maybe you can find it particularly in China, uh, in Korea, some parts of Japan, but also in India, in Brazil and in, in places in the Middle East and beyond. Um, It's about how famines hit these already very poor communities. And You know, the homeland in England had excess amounts of food, but people were still dying by the millions. It's an insane book. It goes into, it's very, it's very political. So, you know, depending on where you lean on the political spectrum, you might not enjoy it, but um, it's very political. It does not shy away from criticizing uh, capitalism, imperialism during the time, but it's also about history. And it's also about like, like weather, like meteorology. And it talks about how like these famines decimated the lives of millions of people. And in a lot of ways it could have 100% been avoidable or avoided with the help of whatever, you know, England, Portugal, Spain, other countries that were occupying these places where famines hit. So I'm reading that right now. It's kind of a heartbreaking book. Um, But you know, if you're, if that sounds like something that's interesting to you uh, to anyone listening, I definitely recommend um, that book. You can find it on Amazon for like, 10 15 bucks but yeah it's called late victorian holocaust El nino famines and the making of the third world by uh, mike davis so kind of like contrary books amatora <laughs> and then that book but yeah amatora if you're into fashion 100 read amatora if you want to like learn a little bit about history learn about politics like definitely read uh late victorian holocaust
0: perfect man all right. Last question. I don't want to, I don't want to be all Sean Evans, hot ones type stuff, but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to give you the floor. You can plug anything you want. And basically where can the people find you?
1: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Follow me on Instagram at 070XR. That's 70 e x s a r. E-X-S-A-R. Uh, follow Between the Seams, at Between the Seams on Instagram. Send me a DM if you want to talk. Uh, if you want to write for Between the Seams, also reach out to me. Um, You know, shout out everybody in, in this community who has been uh, super nice and, and super, um, supportive of what I do, you know, thanks. Thanks to reaching out, man. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, shout out to everybody out there taking the fit picks, um, you know, tagging me in pics. Um, also like DMing me commenting on my, on my photos, but, um, you know, <laughs> if you like talking about clothes, like, you know, let me know, but yeah, shout out to all you guys. Um, you know, the reason why this community has been very, very successful in my opinion is because we support each other in a very positive and in line, you know, enriching way. So yeah. So, you know, shout out to you, man. I appreciate you having me and it was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate it.